Hi, and welcome to the Let the Spirit Lead the Way podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Loretta. And we're two soul sisters that came together to create this podcast for you. And this is episode four, The Courage to Leave the Nine to Five. So Loretta and I are going to share with you our journeys in getting that nudge to leave our careers as dental hygienists and where that all started and how that led us to where we are today. So, um, Loretta, do you want to explain to them what we mean by leaving the quote unquote nine to five? <laughs> yeah, it's funny when we came up with this title, I was like, well, it's funny. I never actually worked nine to five. <laughs> I yeah, <always> same. <laughs> different hours, you know, sometimes it was like I worked till eight o'clock at night or started right. earlier in the morning. Um, so the, I think like what we were, what we meant by this is more of a metaphor, like the grind being stuck in like a situation that is sort of deadening to the soul. Um, I don't know, just made me think of the movie Office Space where the, those guys were working in an office and they were pretty dead <laughs> inside. And, um, so that was kind of the concept. So we are going to be talking about our careers, but um, as you had, as Laura and I had talked about before we got on this call, um, the nine to five might mean something more than a career. Um, Laura, did you want to share the examples that you had come up with? Um, yeah, so like a nine to five doesn't necessarily mean like your nine to five dental hygiene job. Like just because we have this podcast and we're dental hygienists, obviously not everyone is a dental hygienist out there, but it could be you work at the grocery store and you, you work, you know, 12 to eight, four days a week, or you're a nurse and you work three days a week. Um, and you work, you know, 12 hour shifts. So basically, we're just um, using that term nine to five to describe any job that you're at right now, where you're pretty much not like working for yourself, like you're not an entrepreneur, you're not your own boss, you don't make your own schedule, like that sort of thing. Is that what you would say to Loretta? Yeah, and I think we were also extending the metaphor to being, it could be other things in life. So it might not actually be your job that you feel stuck in the grind. It might be a relationship that you're in or um, some something else within your life. And so we were kind of using it, I thought, <laughs> as a, sort of a general metaphor. Um, yeah. And, and like you and I talked about too, you know, we're not here to push anyone to go out and quit their jobs. Um, that is not the point of this podcast. It's more... Um, uh, for us to share our particular journeys and and create possibly um, some self reflection on like what might what might need to shift within my current situation where I'm feeling stuck in this quote unquote grind, um, and sometimes it means just making a small change within your say career. Maybe it's um, being moved to a different department within your company. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, a complete radical shift, like quitting your job and doing something completely different. Um, ultimately, it's following that internal nudge inside of yourself. Um, and we're just here to share our, uh, our journeys and our stories. So, yeah. So, Laura, did you want to start off and just share some of what came up for you when you um, decided to leave the nine to five? Yeah, definitely. Um, so for me, it wasn't like this, like, abrupt, sudden change, like this took 
years, like building up to actually retiring from dental hygiene. Um, and I'd say the first initial thought came to me back in 2015. I had just moved from Pennsylvania to California and I had my first life coach and I absolutely loved what she did and I loved everything about it. And I was like, man, like, I really want to do what do what she do what she do what she does the confidence in myself at all to do something like that and not only that I intuitively felt like there was more like healing there was a lot more things I needed to do on my path in order to have some kind of role like that but I was always had that in the back of my head like oh like her life looks so awesome. Like, I love that she gets to work for herself. She's an entrepreneur. Like, you just make your own hours. Like, I love that aspect of it because I was feeling so trapped in my job of just like going into this same grind every day, like in this little like box of a room with no windows, doing the same thing like over and over and over again. Um, so what I did is I would do kind of like side hustles, I call it, <laughs> like having a side passion while I was still doing dental hygiene. So that way I wasn't so like frustrated all the time of just like having to do this like one thing. So for me, um, I did become a part of a couple different MLMs, which if you don't know what an MLM is, it's multi-level marketing. Um, I did Beachbody for a little while. I did Arbonne at one point. Um, I even did Beachbody two separate times. I did it right before I moved to California and then I kind of stopped and then I did it again just because I like that aspect of like, you know, making my own hours on the side, like having my own income come in from a different source. Like I loved all of that. But then I was like, wait, MLMs are like not for me. It was just like a stepping stone. Um, so I always loved teeth though, ever since I was a little girl. <laughs> this is the funny part of my story. Like I literally loved going to the dentist. I would ask, like, I would want to go more than every six months just because I never had any cavities. I loved getting my teeth clean. The hygienist was so nice. It gave you like a prize and a sticker and all of this stuff. And I didn't know what I wanted to go to school for. My mom was like, we always love dental hygiene or you always love going to the dentist. Like, why don't you do something like work at the dentist? Mm -hmm. And then we looked into dental hygiene and I was like, oh yeah, why didn't I think of that? So it was almost like destined that I was going to be a dental hygienist, but I didn't realize this till like literally as I was like signing up for classes in college. Um, so uh, I guess like because of that, that always was like a thought in the back of my head, like I'm supposed to do this job for the rest of my life. Like I'm destined, like I love teeth since I was a little girl. And it's like, I went to school and this is what I went to school for. And I'm going to do this every day till I'm like 60. And then come to find out like something I don't think they told us in dental hygiene schools, like hygienists usually only last about like 10 years. It's just like a job that's so tough on your body, your body, mind, and spirit, I would say, all three things. I was yeah. starting to have back pain and wrist pain. I'm sure you can relate a lot to this, Loretta, mm -hmm. but yeah, the back pain, the wrist pain, just feeling emotionally exhausted because I didn't realize I was an empath and I was taking on all of the energy of my patients. And I was just like, oh my God, like, do I have to do this the rest of my life? So um Fast forward a little bit. I was at a job. So 
I'm like a go-getter. Like that's just my personality. So I went from like what I made in Pennsylvania and I pretty much doubled my income once I moved to California and I kept going up the rings of the ladder. I'm like, I'm going to learn like the next best thing, like the, the, like the best things I can teach my patients. And I just kept going and going and going. And I got to this one job and they made me like the full-time like head of the dental hygiene department. And um, it was a salary position, but that meant like you never knew like what time you're going to get out at night. And I was like working overtime and not getting paid for it because I was salary. And like I first I had my first like panic attack, but I didn't know what it was. I actually had it in my morning huddle Mm -hmm. and I thought I was having like a heart attack and I didn't tell anyone. I kind of just like breathed through it and just like put it to the side and didn't think about it. And long story short, I ended up getting fired from that job because there was so much wrong about it. And I was bringing a lot of things to light and they were aware of that and they fired me. So that was like, I know in one of our other episodes, we talked about wake up calls. So for Mm -hmm. me, that was like, okay, that was like wake up call number one. Okay, I got fired from the job, but I was like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going here. So (laughs) instead of like taking the time off and like maybe like relaxing and like Mm -hmm. calming my nervous system down, what do I do? I find another job. So I start working at another job and they only needed me three days a week. It wasn't a full-time job. And um, I remember at one point I was working with my life coach and one of the goals I wrote down is I want to start like weaning my days off of dental hygiene. So eventually I want to get down to three days and then have like a side hustle. And I wasn't trying to do this on purpose. It was like this job just kind of landed in front of me. It would, there was some learning things I would have to do with this job. Again, you know, that's me like climbing up the ladder, Um, but it was only three days a week. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like I can do that. Um, So that kind of just like happened. And and I, I got to see like, wow, like I don't have to work five days a week to like pay my bills and like live the lifestyle I want to live like the it was still okay to work um, three days a week. So um, there's a lot more to to this story, but I just want to turn it over to you, Loretta. Have you related to anything in my story or did you want to share anything? So I could probably talk about my story for hours. (laughs) (laughs) I know I can relate to that talking about it for hours thing. And I can also relate to a lot of what you said. it's interesting that we have so many, um, we mirror so many things in our story. And I, and I think probably for a lot of hygienists, there's a lot of common threads. And when you talked about, you know, feeling stuck in, in the career, it made me think of, you know, um, within my, I worked as a dental hygienist for 14 years, but within the first year, I was already exploring other things to do on the side. So when you talked about side hustle, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. I was just like, I need something else because it just was not like, it wasn't fulfilling me. And um, in my first year as a hygienist, I think it was, or no, maybe it wasn't my first year, but in near the beginning of my career, I worked for this one female dentist and she was awful. Um, just it was so difficult because I remember like being in my bed so like I'd get dressed for work and then I would just curl up in a little ball and lay on my bed (laughs) in the fetal position and I'm like I don't want to go to work (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> I was like, thank God I realized pretty soon what was like happening. I'm like, okay, that's just not a safe place to work. So I left that one pretty early on in my career, thank God. Um, but what I found was that like, as I started to explore other things, like I I was like, yeah, you know, I could cut down, same kind of thought, like I could cut down my hygiene days. So instead of working like four days or whatever, I could, or at first I was working six days and then I kept cutting it down because my body just couldn't handle it. Um, and then I started doing like a mouth guard business and I had a, a friend of mine and we we would go around to sports teams and make mouth guards. And so it was like, you know, our, our side thing that we did, but it never really like created enough income to like really be worth it. Um, and it wasn't a passion. It was simply a means to make money and get me out of the dental office. So I learned mm -hmm. about, you know, running my own business, but at the same time, it was just like, okay, this isn't really it. Um, and then, you know, before I actually quit my job, like I remember just, even just talking to some of my friends like who are in the industry too I'm just like well what else could you do like what else could we do because in in Canada you don't get a you don't usually get a, a university degree um with um with your dental hygiene like we call it a diploma I don't know what you guys call it in the U.S. but um so I felt kind of stuck because I'm like what else could I do with this very specific dental education you know mm -hmm. yeah um yeah so that kind of like made me feel stuck and then it was also like well I kind of like working you know not having to work five days a week so like if I left this job it was like my mind just felt so stuck it was like oh well I'd have to mm -hmm. go and get some job and work nine to five and I didn't want to do that either <laughs> um <laughs> so it took a lot of like, um, a lot of, like you said, it wasn't like a quick decision to leave dental hygiene. It was a process. Um, and I had to do a lot of exploration and a lot of my friends who I graduated with had also switched into different professions. Some of my friends became real estate agents. Um, you know, another friend of mine was a property manager, like a, a lot of people switched um, into different avenues or they went into specialties within the dental uh, field. And so I started to explore that. and. Um, I did some training in ortho so I could do, you know, orthodontic um, treatment. I thought, well, maybe that might be a little bit like nice change, you know, maybe not as long of hours. Um, but then it was like every door kept closing around that. It was really weird. But at the same time, it was like I look back and that I think I talked about that Katy Perry song, Firework, in the last episode. <laughs> That yeah. song really resonated with me because she's like, maybe all the doors are closed because there's one that's going to lead you to the perfect road. And that lyric just really sat with me as truth. And um, I remember before I actually quit, it was like, I knew, like I had kind of made it the decision in my mind that I was going to quit because I knew I needed to do something else. I needed to refocus and I needed to get out of the environment that I was in. And I knew that dental hygiene, like you said, you know, I, after about 10 years, it's kind of tough to, for a lot of hygienists to stick with it. Um, it was really hard on my body. Um, but it was funny because every time something would happen that would sort of trigger frustration in me, I would reframe it. So I would sit there and I'd say to myself, okay, it's just more motivation, Loretta. This is just more motivation to, to leave. Mm -hmm. Like it was actually like, it became almost like a good thing to be irritated by things. Um, you know, it's kind of that concept of like, um, I'm mad as hell and I'm not gonna take it anymore. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't say that it was yes. like, it wasn't rage necessarily. It was just like, you, you kind of sometimes have to get to a point where you're fed up with things so that 
you'll be motivated to to move forward, right? And so that kind of that was sort of part of my journey. Um, and then you know I just because I had kind of already started working on my university degree part-time because I, I wanted something to help me get unstuck, right? And I didn't really know. I wasn't like sure that I wanted what I wanted to do. I had listened to Tony Robbins CDs and I liked the concept of coaching, but I didn't know anybody yet in my life who was a coach, who was like someone real and tangible that like I knew, knew in my personal life. So it wasn't really on my radar to become a coach yet. Um, so my logical decision was to to quit my job so that I could work full time on my degree. And my eventual plan was to go into the, um, a nursing program, which I kind of look back and I kind of laugh at that because I don't think I was ever really serious about getting into nursing, <laughs> but it was like that logical thing that I needed to appease everybody else in my life. Like, I'm not just doing this wild, crazy thing of quitting my, my stable job, but I actually have a plan here, you know? Um, <laughs> And yeah. then, and then as I like, I did that, I, I started to really get um, quite like busy with everything after I left. So I felt really good. Like immediately after I quit, it was like this huge, intense relief. Like I gave, like I gave notice, but even while I was still working there during that notice period, I just felt such a relief because it was like, they don't own me anymore. Like mm. I'm leaving, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not trapped here anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and then like, I didn't leave dental hygiene completely. I just, I started temping and I found some like really great offices to temp in, but it still wasn't really like deep down. It was like, no, I've made this change because I have like, there's a bigger thing that I want to do with my life. Like, um, a new road and something different. Right. And then I started to explore different avenues and I got into public speaking and, um, you know, started to push myself like way out of my comfort zone. And then I got hit with a concussion. And that was like my, my next wake up call. Like you said, it was like, you had another wake up call, right? Like same with me, mm -hmm. like the concussion was like, whoa, Loretta, like you need to slow down. You're going so fast. You need to get inside yourself, do your inner work, like really do your inner work. And that's when I hired a life coach. I think that was in around 2014. And then that's when I was like, oh yeah, this is pretty amazing. Like the work that she was doing with me, um, and then it took me a couple more years, it took me till 2016 to finally take the plunge and like, yeah, I'm going to go get trained for this, like go and get my certification as a coach. And mm. I flew out West to do it. And I just remember standing in that room and thinking, finally, I found somewhere where I actually like belong. Like, I feel like I, I'm, I'm supposed to be here. Um, mm -hmm. it just felt so connected to like that sense of inner purpose. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, so it's like, and since then I've really opened up more, my intuitive side has opened up more because that's really was a heart-based, despite-based decision to go out West because I didn't need to go out West. I could have taken my, my degree in, or my sort of coaching certification in Toronto because that was close to where I lived, but my heart was calling me out to the island and that's where I live now on the West coast. So yeah. I don't know. Wow. Did, did anything new spark for you <laughs> when you heard me? Well, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> first of all, I, I just want to say how interesting, interesting it is that we were both hygienists for 14 years. Although yeah. we didn't like start and stop at the same time, we were hygienists for the same length of time. But I just wanted to speak to the notion of like that feeling of just feeling like fed up 
And like, I just wanted to talk about for me, like what it was leading up to that. And I wanted to talk a little bit too about body wisdom of like how, how smart our bodies are, like our brains sometimes like don't want to accept something or our intuition is telling us something. And we just want to sidestep it. Cause we're like, we just are like, no, like that can't be possible. Can't do that. But then it's going to show up in our bodies somewhere. So to back up a little bit, um, when I was working three days a week, um, I did, I no longer had a side hustle. So I started temping again. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, I temped at this one office just because it was across the street from my house and I liked the name of it. And it was just for like one day of week. And then they offered me um, a permanent position there. And they offered like a couple more days if I wanted it. But I noticed that I remember I worked there, I think it was on Mondays. Every time I had to work, I would either feel sick before I had to go into work or I would get sick at work and have to go home or I'd have to call off completely. And like I wasn't catching on at first. I'm like, why is this only like on Mondays? Like I, I what's going on here? <laughs> and then come to find out, I was like, this job's actually really stressful. Like there was like so much wrong about it. Like the the way the dentist was like talking to me was just like, I'm like, what what is happening? So so it's like my body was like telling me, like it was like rejecting the job. It's like I, I don't care, it's right across the street and it has a cool name. Like, why are you still working here? So for me, like sometimes I have to get it in like, as like my body literally has to become sick. Like I said before, I got panic a panic attack and then I ended up getting another panic attack at the job I had after that, that was three days a week. And I literally had to go home in the middle of the day. I had all of these patients scheduled and somebody had to take over the patients for me. I don't even know. I, I don't even know how I drove home that day. I thought I was having a heart attack because it was just like a buildup of stress that like I just thought I could handle, but I couldn't. Um, so for me, um, fast forwarding a little bit, then of course COVID hits in March of you know 2020. And um, in the beginning of 2020, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go all in, I'm going to have two jobs and work full time. So I went back to working dental hygiene full time, like I didn't get the message all those other times. So but I was working at two different offices, I was working like, uh, I think three days at one and two days at the other one or something like that. And then COVID hit, of course, and we got three months off of work. And I'm like, oh my God, this is glorious. Like, this is like (laughs) the best gift I ever received. Like, I kid you not. I'm like, this is the best (laughs) gift I've received in my entire life. It's like, I was getting, you know, unemployment to like stay home from work and go on hikes and like, but like I said, I'm a go-getter. So it wasn't like I was just like watching Netflix and going on hikes all the time. That's when I started building my business, my coaching business mm-hmm. was I had all of that time during quarantine. And I was like, I looked at it as a gift where a lot of people were like, this is horrible. Oh my God, COVID this and that. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm just going to like, I had an extra bedroom. My roommate moved out and I just had this two bedroom place to myself. So I turned the second bedroom into my office I would do yoga in there and I would love just walking in there with my desk set up and my laptop and I would get to work with like putting all my stuff together for my business. Mm. So then fast forward a little bit. um, I think it was June comes around where we have to get back to work. (laughs) So I go, I had to go back to one job before the other one. So I go back 
the first day I went back, I felt sick halfway through and it wasn't even, we weren't even seeing patients. We were just, Aww. it was just like a, it was just like an informational day of like all the new things we had to implement because of COVID, but we had to wear a mask all day, the KN9, KN95 mask. And I felt so sick at the end of the day, um, literally like so sick. And I remember I had a call with my other boss from my other job um, because I knew I wanted to quit this job. I'm like, with all this new stuff they're Im implementing, there's no way I can do this. So I was like, well, I better call my other boss and ask for more hours. So I'm literally on the phone with my other boss and I had to hang up the phone on her to go puke in the toilet. Like, I know that's like a lot of information, like TMI, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, this is how it affects oh, wow, me is yeah. like, cause my body was like, wait, why are you asking for like, why are you, why are you going back to work? Why are you asking for more hours? So like, I literally hung up the phone on her and then I like, I did call her back and I was just like, sorry, I had like a bad connection. <laughs> and like, I literally was like thinking in my head, I was like, I'm going to write about this in like a book one day. Cause like, it was like, it, it was like one of those moments that I was like, what am I doing? It was like another wake up call. So anyway, um, I'll wrap this up, but I ended up going back to that job for about a month. And um, I literally, every time I worked, I would go home and I would feel so sick. I, I would sit in my bed and stare at the ceiling. Like I felt like I was gonna die. Like I'm not exaggerating. I think it was just my oxygen was being cut off from having to wear those like different types of masks. And I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Every time I go into work, I can't do anything the rest of the night. And then I feel sick the next two days. So for me, like retiring from dental hygiene kind of did come abrupt in that sense. Like there was a lot of things leading up to it, but it was like literally like affecting my health. And like, that's, that's my story of like how I like retired, but it, it it's kind of good in a way, like how it came to a head like that, because I was needing to leave the job anyway. And just like me getting sick, like was like the push I needed to be like, okay, I'm done. Like I surrender, I'm not gonna go back. And then yeah. I just want to speak in real quick to like burning the boats and like either the term burning the boats or like, um, what was the term you used Loretta? Oh, cutting the safety oh, net. Oh, cutting the safety net. Yeah. yeah, so my burning the boats moment was this past January of 2021. My dental hygiene uh, license, um, it has to be renewed every two years in the US and it needed to be renewed by the end of January. And I was like, okay, am I really gonna burn the boats? Meaning like burning the boats means like, okay, if I let my license expire, it's done, it's not there anymore. And it, it, it's really hard to get it back again. So that means like if a temp job came up, I wouldn't be able to take it. So it's that safety net of like, say like, you know, it'd be easy for me to go temp at an office and make a couple hundred dollars or whatever. That safety net's no longer there. But I purposely did that because when you have a safety net there, it doesn't allow you to grow to your full potential because in the back of your head, you're always like, you have this like plan B. So did you want to um, talk about that at all, Loretta? Yeah, I do. And it's so funny. It's just like we have such <laughs> similar stories, but I think, yeah, like I, I felt the same, like when I left the dental office, like the main job that I was in, I, that was around 2012. Um, I was still temping from 2012 to 2016. So I was temping um, here and there. And sometimes some summers I temped a lot, you know, covering for people's vacations and stuff. Um, but it's funny that like, as I started to get closer to 2016, it was like, 
I was only temping like maybe four or five hours a week at the most. And it was often on Fridays that I would temp. And the office that I was temping in was actually really, really great. Like the people that worked there were fantastic. It was it was just such a positive work environment, but yet my body was still not responding well to, to dental hygiene. And um, my husband said to me one day, he's like, is it really worth it? Like you go and you work for, you know, four or five hours and then you feel awful all weekend. You have headaches mm-hmm. and you're basically useless to like all of us and yourself. <laughs> well, he didn't say that, but you know what I mean? Like you're just yeah. feeling terrible all weekend just to go make a couple hundred bucks. Like it doesn't seem logical to me that you would continue to do this and then that's when I started I was in dental uh sorry I was in my coach training schooling and that was about um, about an eight month program and so it was like becoming a lot to try to to work and do my program and I was like you know what I'm just gonna I'm gonna like leave this behind I ended up same thing like my I stopped temping in I think it was April of 2016 that's when I started my coaching business um more like I, I had already started kind of but got more serious because like you said right it's sort of like even though I didn't necessarily burn the bridge I um I made the decision to stop temping and I stuck to it and and then at the end of that year the end of 2016 was when my license came up for renewal and it was the same thing I was like am I gonna you know spend the money to renew this license when I know I'm not going to do dental hygiene anymore and I felt like it was a really hard decision like I had to toss the idea around back and forth in my head quite a bit Um, Mm -hmm. and then I finally just was like no that's it like I'm doing it and I and I resigned and the same thing like once you resign in Canada it's you'd basically have to start all over again and go back to school and everything so I was like I'm I would never do that so I, I, <laughs> I totally cut all my safety net around or burned my boats or whatever you want to call it yeah. around dental hygiene. And it actually was like, it was a big relief again. It was like finally listening to my intuition. Like sometimes my head just gets in the way because it's like, this isn't logical, right? Like it's like this, what I've learned is that sometimes it's not about following logic. A lot of times if we follow our heart, our gut, our intuition, it will, it will lead us where we need to go. And that's sort of what I've learned from this journey is not to throw away my brain because it's still really important to use our, our head, but not to let my head lead my life anymore, which I had been doing for most of my life. Um, yeah. So Yeah, definitely. I love how we have so, sim- so many similarities and like, it's cool to know that you also know that feeling of like cutting the safety net or burning the boats. And it's like, it's a little bit scary. And I, I did feel sick for like a week, just trying to mull it over in my head of like, am I really going to do this? And I'm, my intuition's like, yes, do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I just wanted to um, end this call with doing this guided meditation for you all, just to give you a tool to help you out. So if you're driving, maybe come back to this uh, another time. Um, But if you are at home, if you can find a nice, comfortable seated position, maybe having a journal and a pen close by in case anything comes up that you don't want to forget and you want to write down. And we'll just take a couple of deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. Maybe just rolling the shoulders back, 
getting really comfortable, just letting go of anything that's no longer serving you in this moment. So just start to think about where in your life are you feeling that maybe it's time to let something go? Where in your life is there something that is no longer working or feels good or maybe in alignment with where you want to be going? This could be something huge as you know, leaving a job or it can be something really tiny too. It doesn't have to necessarily be leaving your job. But where in your life, where's your most stress right now? And after thinking of that thing, just asking yourself, can you accept that this thing served its purpose for the length of time that it has, but it doesn't have to be in your life forever? Again, can you accept that this thing that you want to let go of, that it served its purpose for the time it was here in your life, and it's okay if it's not here forever? And what's one baby step you could take today or within the next few days in the direction of your dreams. Also know the answers are usually right in front of you, but sometimes you might miss it because you've already convinced yourself that it isn't possible. I'll say that again. A lot of times the answers are right in front of you, but sometimes you miss it because you've already convinced yourself it's not possible. And this is a reminder to remind yourself that you can live the life of your dreams. You can have what you want. And it is there and it's waiting for you. And lastly, ask yourself, what qualities can you embody as you go through this transformation? So you could be going yourself through a dark night of the soul right now, or maybe you're just at this point in your life where you know something has to change or something has to go. A lot of times we can be really hard on ourselves. So remembering three key words, perhaps writing them down and keeping them at your meditation altar or by your mirror, somewhere where you're gonna see it every day. What are three qualities you can embody as you go through this transformation? It could be things like patience or self-love or compassion for yourself. Just whatever three things come up, be sure to write those down and really to tune in with those things every day and try to embody them as you go through this transformation on your spiritual path.
And when you're ready, you can float the eyes open. Is there any last words you wanted to share, Loretta? No, just thank you for that beautiful meditation. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and thank you all for listening. Um, we'll be recording episode five soon, and that will be available March 1st. Yes, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.